What do you know? You don't know nothing, huh? I know plenty. What? Well, yeah, na- name one thing you know, huh? I know so much. It's gonna make your head spin. Oh yeah, is that, is that the way it's gonna be, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, huh? I don't think you know anything. Yeah. I don't think you know anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll what see. Do you, how, what do you got to say about that? Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're dumb, huh? Oh, you like that you bird? Want to, you want to take this outside? That's right. Let's go outside. I'm gonna smack my wife around, wow. right in the lawn, like I like to do it. <laughs> I think that's I think that's the law that you have to. It is the law. If I'm, I'm gonna smack you, I have to make a public spectacle. You have to. If you have to smack somebody around, you have to do it in front of everybody. Okay. I think that's a good rule. Is that, is that a gritty reboot rule, or is that just a rule for life in general? I have no idea. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Gritty Reboot. I didn't realize that we were on. Yeah, we've been recording for like a minute while we've been talking about smacking each other around. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we are officially um, three minutes, uh, no, uh, two and a half minutes into the show now. Very well. Yeah. Lies, well, only a minute, but hey, who cares? All, All right. right. So we've got ourselves a treat this week. I think so. I think so. Before we get into the movies, I, I want to talk about something that we just kind of stumbled upon to that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, last night we went to the Coyote Drive-In and we got to see uh, the menu. Yep. Uh, with Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt and uh, Ray Fiennes. I wanted, my brain wanted so hard in, in the back of my head that intrusive, intrusive thought was like, "Say Ralph Fiennes." <laughs> <laughs> I always want to call him Rupert. Rupert? Why Rupert? That's not his I name. Don't know. Yeah, that's he weird. looks like a Rupert. Does he? Yeah. I never really thought, like, hey, that's a Rupert-looking son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I've never thought that looking at Ray Fiennes, or Ralph Fiennes, if you will. Um, but uh, first of all, we're not going to spoil anything in the movie. So I'm looking right at you, spoiler. No, all right. I'm not saying anything. My wife is sexually aroused by spoiling films for others. Whatever. It's true. But we really didn't know a lot about the movie going in. I think we'd kind of seen the trailer. I'm a big Anya Taylor-Joy fan. I've loved her work since The Witch. And just the movie sort of intrigued me. So uh, walking into it cold, it was nice to experience it without having a lot really ruined by the trailers. Other than, you know, I I knew to be in store for something. And that's really all I'm going to give you guys. Um, But in all honesty, it's a film that really executes and really loves its concept and goes all the way through with it, in my opinion, and makes for a very fun ride. Um, with some very nice moments. And like I said, not giving away anything. But I, if I was going to give it a numerical score, I'd give it um, probably 14 sizzles out of eight. What is a sizzle? I have no idea. I just don't like giving numerical scores. Here, I'd give it a B plus. How's that? Yeah, that works. B plus, all right. Yeah, I think that's a fair rating for that movie. Yeah, very cool. It was nice to see something like that. And by the way, we saw it at, at drive-in as well. You want to talk about the drive-in a little bit? Yeah, the drive-in we, we go to is located in downtown Fort Worth. So it's got the cityscapes behind, surrounded by the the drive-in itself. Um, it's a unique place because you can bring your children. They have like a an area for... <laughs> yeah, I, know. I thought you were going to talk about what you liked about it. You're like, here's the thing about this place. And you just went into like an ad, like they're sponsoring the show for some reason. <laughs> you can bring your children, you can bring your dog, you can bring your grandma, you can bring anybody down here. <laughs> they have a county drive-in every Friday night. I mean, you just went for it. You really did. You were, you asked me to talk about it. <laughs> I just said, hey, what do you like about this place? And and you just go off on a tirade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shows off to a good start, guys. Okay. Um. 
I like about it. <laughs> oh, I like the digital quality of the movies. Oh, yeah. That, that, that is actually a, a really solid thing to mention is that uh, despite it being like outdoors and a drive-in theater, I think the, the movie looked really good. Yeah. And you have to listen to it via your radio, but there wasn't any like distortion or crackling or anything like that. Really clean signal. And I'm, the movie sounded good. You know, we have Bose speakers in, in your car. And those really came into play right there. The movie sounded very nice when we cranked it up. Like I said, I was looking for, oh, where does the audio distort or anything like that? And, you know, I mean, it, it sounded very nice. Yeah, it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah, it really was. And we went out, and it was kind of rainy, too. So uh, we had to overcome that. We still had a really good time because there was rain. We didn't Usually there's food trucks and stuff out there, which I always like, like the roulette of, like, what's going to be out there? You know, am I going to get taco options, falafel? Who knows? I'm willing to take that risk. Every now and then you get a guy out there who starts gyros. You just don't know. But they didn't have any food trucks because of the rain. So that's the only disappointment. I'm, I'm a huge sucker and mark for food trucks. Boy, I really hope the recorder's going throughout all this because this was all good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Glances down. I got a new recorder, guy, so I'm really hoping it's working. If you only hear one of us, I'm sorry, but we're not re-recording. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? I have no idea. We are talking about two movies that are disasters in their own way. Very true. Today we are taking a look at, by the way, 20th episode Spectacular. Oh, we yeah. We didn't mention it at all. We've reached 20 episodes. Does anybody care? No, but we, we do. We care. Yeah, yeah. No, so um, every 20th episode, or not every 20th episode, for every 10 episodes, we're going to try to do something a little bit different. And today is uh, going away from the gritty reboot formula, and we are talking about two uh, similar blockbusters Hollywood released in the same year. And this year, we are going with uh, a pair of lava-infested flicks, Dante's Peak versus Volcano. Yeah. And so first up, we're going to talk about Volcano, correct? Yeah, we're talking about Volcano first, 1997. Okay. So this came out in the year of our Lord, uh, 1997. And for some reason, uh, we, we got two of these movies uh, within the year. Um, which one came out first? Dante's Peak hit first, correct? Yeah, Dante's Peak was three months before Volcano. Audiences already had a chance to dip their toe into the volcano waters Yeah, uh, before. And, and so, People love Dante's Peak. Um, and Volcano, I can tell you, I can remember when these movies were released. Critical consensus was a bit higher on Dante's Peak. Uh, wasn't through the roof, but it was higher. Volcano was a, a much schlockier picture, to yeah. say the least. And, and reviews weren't as kind. So, I, you know, box office was a little soft for Volcano. But um, be that as it may, I did go and see Volcano, and it, it wasn't a raucous crowd, to, to say the least. Um, it was a movie that I appreciated for some cheesiness back then, and that's about all the value I could find in it this time, as we rewatched it. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as I liked Dante's Peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let, let, let's let's get into it. This This movie... Is first off, I want to talk about one thing before you even start about talking about the movie is the marketing. Uh, what you you look at the poster? What do you see? A volcano right in downtown L.A. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you see? My wife's blank face. I I totally forgot what the 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 picture looked like. The poster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, that that is the poster. You can Google it now. It's on your phone. It's fine. It's just in the internet. It's free. It's yeah. out there. Um, so anyway, if you take a look at that poster, it, it has a volcano in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. And that is not an image that we get in this movie, correct? Yeah, there's really no volcano. This is, this is what we call lava. 
Yeah, it could just be called lava. It should just be called lava because it's basically Tommy Lee Jones' effort to scream his way around lava in lava Los shoot. Th- this is how the movie uh, begins. Um, we have some geologists cooked, right? Yeah, uh, th- actually, it starts with some city workers. Oh, city uh, workers. That's who it is. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, city workers are in a sewage area, and uh, there's there's a bunch of steam, and one of the guys comes up, and he's all burned. And there's other guys inside the the sewage area. What do you call it? Sewer? Sewer? Yeah. Sewer. <laughs> sewer. Okay. Sewage area. Sewage area. The area of sewers. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Meredith's got the sillies to start this show. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's all right. This is making for terrible radio. <laughs> yeah. Breathe in, breathe out. All right. Bring in the love, push out the jive. All right. So, yeah, we, we get a, a pretty common cliche. Uh, both movies do kind of weirdly start with some people just sort of getting um, cooked. But this is how this movie begins. Um, so this is a movie that is supposed to sort of be about the city. Yeah. Correct. And it's really about just Tommy Lee Jones, right? This is a typical pattern of disaster movies is that you just put a pick a character in this disaster area and you follow him around, right? And he has a, a daughter that's like the most annoying daughter ever. He does. And that's played by young Gabby Hoffman. Yeah. Um, she was later in uh, Transparent that was on Amazon. And she's fantastic in that. And she's, she's fine here. She's not the problem. Uh, no, she's not the problem at all. But she is playing a very annoying character in the least. And just basically her being there gives us an excuse for a subplot, which is her dealing with her injuries at the hospital. Yeah. Something that gets us away from the main action. Because we have three main plots, right? We have Tommy Lee Jones, what he's doing with Anne Heche. Sometimes Anne Heche goes away for a little bit and comes back to the main plot. Then you have Don Cheadle back at the station, sort of central command. And yeah. then you have the hospital storyline once everything gets going. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess out of all those, what, what what's your favorite of those of those stories? Or what's your least favorite of those story angles? Um, I don't like the daughter storyline. You, you don't like that one? Yes. I, I just can't stand the daughter storyline. Yeah, She's it, such an annoying character. Yeah. Every time she really appears on screen, it does slow the movie down. Yeah. Uh, I, want, I don't want to say immensely, but her scenes usually are luckily to be, luckily they move pretty quickly. For the most part, but there's so many of them that just kind of hang around doing nothing, like where she has to like do something in the hospital, make sure this guy doesn't get wounded or whatever. And it just, I, I know it gives a movement to breathe away from the lava action with Tommy Lee Jones, but it's not like it gives us anything else to really sink our teeth into. It's, it's just like somebody there to waste our time. Somebody has to take care of all the kids. Who's going to take care of all the kids? So oh, this teenage girl, she'll do it. Yeah, a perfect job for a teenage girl. Yeah. I, I just feel like a writer was like, we, we like our, our focus groups tell us we need to put in a female daughter if we're going to have a male older lead. And so that's what they gave him to sort of soften Tommy Lee Jones out. And so they have to give her some storylines to make the character worthwhile, and it doesn't amount to much, sadly. There are 45 real-life reporters and journalists playing themselves in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that at all. There are a lot of scenes that have the news on in the background. Yeah, how That's do you how feel about that? Out. You know how I feel about this this thing in movies, where we have to have real reporters tell us the news. And I, I've, I've been critical of Zack Snyder in the past for using... Uh, real reporters and real news broadcast in those movies and like uh, Man of Steel and the Justice League films for using that. And I, I just, I, I don't think it really adds anything to a movie to be perfectly honest. I don't think it 
helps you set it in the world, especially when you overuse it. I prefer other ways of getting information to the viewer than just having a news broadcaster say like, the buildings are on fire, New York's coming down. The lava's destroying, you know, Rodeo Drive or, or whatever. Yeah. Beverly Hills is in flames. Uh, you know, maybe something a, a little bit more than that, I guess. It, it just doesn't really work for me at all. It doesn't It doesn't sell me on, oh, we're in the real world, especially when the movie's so goddamn ridiculous. It's pretty prevalent in the movie, the news. Oh, There's yeah, like news yeah. coverage and... But this is just a general pet peeve I have with cinema in general when they use like real news broadcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I just don't like that as a storytelling device. I think it's really lazy in a lot of instances you know i think like there's good moments where using that does help i think like um one of my favorite instances of using media to tell the story is near the end of signs Um, they come upstairs and the tv is off the air you know like the like cnn is off the air entirely and i think if you were to get up and turn on the tv and cnn and fox news were off the air you would know the shit has hit the fan yeah you you definitely know that and that's just little environmental storytelling you get from that and that's that's all i need to know as opposed to like a reporter telling me exactly what i need to know in a movie it always seems very forced and focused and and, and i i never care for it so and i don't like it here all right, so this movie ratchets itself up with earthquakes. So there's a bunch of earthquakes that happen. Uh, Anne Hesh and her partner end up in a storm drain where her partner gets burned alive. Uh, and then, meanwhile, you start getting the volcano that starts to erupt in the La Brea tar pits. That's, I guess, if you were to call, if, if you were to have this movie have a volcano, I guess it would be in the La Brea tar pits. But even then, it would it just be lava. Yeah, you're you're really stretching that. If that's what what you're going to call it. It's just like really a lava fl- shoot. Yeah, it's flowing. It's a lava lake, not a volcano. Yeah, it just kind of flows up through there and forces its way downtown. Because, like I said, I mean that that is what the movie is. Just really man versus lava. And you have a subway car that's stuck in a tunnel. Oh yeah, I, I did forget you have about that. that. Forget yeah, separate yeah, storyline. So let, let's can we talk about that real quick? Mm-hmm. So what we have here is Drew Carey's brother from the Drew Carey Show. Remember that? Yeah. That's who that actor is. He's been in Zodiac. He's a fantastic character actor, and I'm very upset with myself for not looking up his name so it would look like I know who he is offhand. Yeah, you I, should be. Yeah, I, 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 I just really don't. I just really don't. Um, Yeah, I'm really ashamed of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, he he's okay here. He has this sequence where they have to wake everybody up off the downed subway cart mm-hmm. car and bring everybody out, but oh my God. The driver is out cold. So he has to carry him out on his shoulders and like it's going in slow motion and he's Fireman like, style. Yeah, like he's praying to God, Hell hey, well, grace the Lord with you know, so they're trying to play it up in the in the sequence. It's it's shot in that um it's edited to be slow motion, even though they, they shot a twenty four P they didn't think about it beforehand. You see him come out through there, and there's no chance that he just dives into the lava and throws the guy to safety. Throws him like 15 feet off his shoulders yeah, while he's I in know. the lava. And the lava eats him like a fucking Mario in a goddamn video game. Just just sucks him down like the lava. And I, I went, after this scene was over, I was like, how quickly would a human melt in lava? <laughs> so I looked this up, and uh, first of all, lava's not going to melt your bones. It will eventually destroy them over time, but it won't just like it won't just like instantly burn you up like molten, um, like you would see in like Terminator yeah. Two. It's just it's not like that. So I, you're not made of metal. Yeah, it, it's very yeah. You you would melt at different rates. Like your flesh is gone before the bone and stuff like that. You wouldn't just nicely and calmly sink into the 
in, into the lava. The scene has made me chuckle for years, and I enjoyed when we got back to it. I got to laugh at it again. So I guess in that respect, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. But in reality, like it's a it's a cheesy ass fucking scene. It is. Yeah, I mean that that's just. <sighs> That's the movie's problem is there's a lot of, like, legitimate hero worship that is just cheesy as fuck. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of it in the movie. And, oh, my God, like, like the, the racial stuff is incredibly cringe. Like, I don't know if you're going to get to that later, but yeah, I, I just got to mention it. Like, right now, like, there is a, a black man. His community is destroyed by the lava. Like, the house is just wiped out. And, by the way, it was also another ridiculous sequence because the, the lava – is in the house chasing the dog. Remember that? Uh-huh. And the lava just stays on the wood. Never burns through it. Just stays on the wood hovering through the house. Lava burns through everything else, but not this wood. <laughs> the, the lava really is very much uh, a victim of the screenplay, just hanging out where it can in certain parts. Yeah. But it, it's um, he, he goes to basically try to get help, and, and a cop hassles him because, you know, he's an uppity black guy, so I guess how the police officer would look at him. And... Like, over time, he grows to accept him in what is probably, like, the cheesiest way and form possible, correct? Yeah. It's um, it's it's so cringe that they, they want to shove, like, a racial harmony message in there into this movie without really doing it any of that so work. It feels so forced. Yeah, without really doing any of that work. They're like, you know what? This kind of situation can bring people together. But they literally take the time to draw attention to well, the small bit of work they are doing to talk about racial tensions being eased. It's so... So laughable. It really is. Yeah. It's so laughable. It's not even needed. Man. Yeah, like the very end with the kid, like, everyone looks the same. <laughs> like I was like, Ugh. <laughs> Oh God. Just you know, listen, like you know, volcano is is is, you know, it's blockbuster cheese. And that's all it could ever be. But like that's what holds this movie back is that the try the legitimate moments of that hero worship, because it just falls so fucking flat. So you want to know what the lava was made out of? Tell me. Methyl cellulose. It's the same thickening agent you find in milkshakes. So I could have drank the lava is what you're telling me? You could probably eat the lava. Could I? Yeah. Mm. Last time I was somewhere, I tried to eat the lava, and they told me that was a very bad idea. So I'll try it if I ever go back in time and stumble onto the volcano yeah, set. Yeah, or 1997 volcano set. The ash was made of ground newspaper. I, I do like the ash. It has a very... A nice quality when it comes down from the air. We got to watch a really good print of the movie again. And I will say that that is sort of the nice thing about doing this project here with with you. Is that we get to see a lot of films that I haven't really paid attention to in a long time. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can you can see cinematography you never really noticed before in a movie you didn't really give a shit about. And this really wasn't one of those movies. I mean, it's a, it's a big budget Hollywood movie. Of course it looks good. But that was an element that I really liked in the movie, like that constant ash coming down, stuff like that, the way they used that for the lighting and some of the compositions with Tommy Lee Jones against the ash. Um, the cinematographer working really overtime when, uh, you know, it was a, a writing staff that didn't really do their job. Jillian Anderson was considered for the role of Dr. Amy Barnes. I would have liked that, but I don't know how much it would have helped. And Anne Heche is a more than capable actress. She's quite talented, but, I mean, this role is nothing, right? She's, her agent is the worst. Yeah, well, I mean, th- this role is, I mean, <laughs> tell me a character trait about her. She's a scientist. Yeah, I mean, that's it. She's a scientist, and she wants to save people's lives. She we, cares about people. Yeah, we don't really know a whole lot else about her. The movie can't take the time to really introduce her like a person, really. Yeah. 
Um, thankfully, the movie does avoid any love story between like her and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully there's yeah. no love story. Yeah, they don't really hint at it or anything like that. But as in a Hollywood movie from that era, you never really can tell. Because like two years later, she's in a, a romance picture with uh, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Six days, seven nights, I think. And like, I mean, Harrison Ford is older than Tommy Lee Jones, or just about as old as Tommy Lee Jones around that point. I have to take a look at who's older, but that's not really important. There's clearly an age difference, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's something that easily could have worked in this movie, and I'm glad they at least avoid that uh, pitfall. Other facts about this movie. The role of Mike Rourke was originally offered to Ed Harris and Bill Pullman, who both turned it down. And then Bruce Willis was also considered for Mike Rourke. Yeah, I guess I could see that when this was probably like a $150 million movie. What was the budget on this? Do you know, Meredith? No, I don't have that those numbers this you time. You don't have that number? Um, Pedro, do you have those numbers? <laughs> no, I don't have those numbers either. So let's just say it cost $80 million. I'm taking a guess right now. I could look it up real quick. Look it up right now while I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Are you blood? blather on thank you yes i call it podcasting but yes you can call it blathering on uh the show's off the rails so i i yeah that that's the thing like you can see what tommy lee jones this movie kind of moves down like a budget level i think if if bruce willis is in here it's a much more expensive movie 90 million 90 million yeah see i think that's that's the difference when bruce willis is attached to the movie i think you could see this balloon over a hundred million dollars yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it's because it's not so much. I mean, obviously, it's a big time effects picture, but it's going to be a big time effects picture no matter what. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is a name, but he's not like a movie star, yeah, even in '97. But but this is when he was doing the Fugitive and all that stuff when it started getting really popular. Well, yeah, and this is as high as it got. He got to be the the lead in one of these. They're like, well, let's put him in action movie, see if it comes a hit. Yeah, and you know, I mean. <laughs> Listen, he was popular during this time. Yeah, but Bruce Willis wouldn't have got this movie over the top. The late '90s were a rough time for Bruce Willis as well. All those '80s guys were. So I don't. I don't think turning to Tommy Lee Jones was a bad idea at all, especially in a movie where he's not really fighting things. He's just a, a fire. Well, an emergency worker. What is he? He just oversees emergency services of the city, right? Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. I'm, it's not real clear what he does. Well, he works for like I, I don't know if it's a real he just organization. All of a sudden, or not takes charge. Yeah, because that's what they do is they just manage like any kind of disaster relief or anything that would occur throughout the city, emergency situation. Um, and maybe it's the real department, maybe it is. I, I don't. I don't know. It's volcano. We apparently have never seen this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's volcano, so we just were like, "Are we going to look into what this really is for our life?" Nah, it's it's not that important. Like if we're dealing with a movie where like Drew Carey's older brother is burning from lava in like five seconds, you know, we're not going to put that level in. <laughs> this isn't like when we review like Zodiac in a few weeks. So let's talk about some of the other action sequences in this movie, like when uh, Tommy Lee Jones goes to save a homeless guy. And oh yeah, and they, we have that whole they put him on the ladder and ladder sequence. They put, him, they put him on the ladder, and because it takes them so goddamn long to throw his ass up there, they can't reel the ladder back in. So they slowly like fucking move them right over all the lava. Yeah, like we're just over like like ten feet over all these waves and ocean of burning lava. their freaking legs. Out. Yeah, yeah, they do show a little bit of the rubber burning, but that that's the thing. Like the lava in the movie is so wildly inconsistent yeah. on like how it affects people. Like sometimes you can be right up to it as long as you're spraying water on it, you're fine. Other times, you know, far away things just burst into flames. So you can't you can't really tell. And you know, that is another thing. The movie is a a, a pretty safe PG thirteen, correct? 
Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really show you a lot of people burning, um, a lot of big damage or anything like that. The the gore is really kept to a minimum. Obviously, in PG-13, you can't really do a lot, but you know, we see in, in Dante's Peak that there's a bit more um, remains in that one. I know in this movie, there's a scene where firefighters burn inside their truck, and you don't see a damn thing, right? It like cuts away awkwardly. For a minute, I had to check to be sure we didn't have like the TNT TV cut, and it was no, it was the actual like legitimate theatrical cut. Hmm. Like the lava just comes up to them, and all of a sudden they just like the camera cuts away. Like two firefighters are burned alive. That really weird sequence where the LA reporter just is there, like narrating the entire oh yeah, it's going down. Like he's fucking Chick Hearn, letting us know what's going down in the Coliseum. Like it just none of it. I, that was such a strange thing. Just going on. We have a man fighting the fire. People banding together. It just was such a strange thing to give us commentary in a movie like this. <laughs> I mean, it, did, it didn't really help with anything. I mean, it just was another kind of odd decision in a kind of weird little movie. Do you think Tommy Lee Jones is good at his job? Like Tommy Lee Jones, the actor? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so do you think his character is there good go. at his job? <laughs> I mean. He does kind of save the city, right? Yeah. He does kind of save the city. So, By directing yes. lava. Yeah, to the ocean. That can't hurt anything, right? Yeah. Listen, you deal with the problems as they come up to you, okay? You got lava coming at you. You get the lava and you throw it out. And they throw it in the ocean and there it goes. It's gone forever. No problem. He is the hero of the day. They should build a statue to this guy right in front of where the Lakers play. Staples Center. Yeah. So the movie does tend to slow down a lot at times. Like it'll it'll have like Oh, does it now? Yeah, it'll have like moments of of some chaos and uh-huh. some interesting moments and then it'll just slow down. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, so I thought that was an, a real negative point about this movie is how much it kind of is inconsistent in its pacing. Well, I think one of the things you you see in the movie is that it kind of has uh, multiple finales. And by, what I mean by that is there is the whole fight in Beverly Hills trying to slow down all that lava. And like when that comes to, to an end, like the movie has to take a breath for a second and then come right into telling basically another story about lava attacking the, the medical center. Correct. Yeah. And it were basically put into the same stakes again. So nothing really changes. We just get reintroduced to a new narrative in a different place. So I think that's one thing that kind of hurts it because we start the second one, which granted does have a different finale. The characters, they um, they bring down a building to try to stop it. So it has yeah. a bigger set piece, which is nice, but it's it's still not amazing just for the simple fact of the way they do it, you know? Yeah, that's basically their biggest bright-ass plan is to take a building down and divert the lava to the ocean which isn't which is a it's a nice effect i'll I'll be honest um obviously the screenplay had some issues because they try to beef it up by having that random kid walk out there and his and tommy lee jones daughter have to be out in that as well yeah so he has to have a a running sequence where he outruns the explosion and he's running forever Uh, it's like uh, like 
those jokes yeah. you see in like Family Guy or yeah, something. Yeah, it really is. He, he's, he's running for like six years trying to get to his <laughs> daughter. And he grabs them and puts them in the only safe spot in the whole city that you can be okay from the explosion. He knew exactly where to go. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's an engineer of yeah, some Yeah, I was watching, I was like, is he just going to die out there with him? Is that the whole plan? Like, yes, let's die together. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to face your mother. So he goes out and he, he does that. And like I said, that that brings me to a conclusion, but we still don't get a, a different set piece than than what we had before, really, which is unfortunate to say the least. Yeah, it's still him battling lava and trying to send it somewhere else, not an, a more, not something different. No, the stakes really didn't get upped, other than his daughter was in danger. That's the only way they could find to do it. It's pretty lame. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty lame to be honest. Yeah, so that would make the movie pretty stupid, right? In in yeah. by every metric, yes, this film is incredibly dumb. Incredibly dumb. dumb. I guess that's all that you have to say about the volcano. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I really have anything else to add about this volcano film. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Because than, my last question was, what did you think about the ending? And I think we've covered that the ending sucks. Yeah, we, we very much did. You know, it, it's it's a movie I've seen a lot only because it lived on cable for so many years, like on TNT and TBS, and. You know, I mean, that's its legacy. I've had this movie on in the background while I've cleaned my room, while I've cleaned the dust fan on my consoles. You know, there are so many tasks I've done and had Volcano on in the background while I've done something on a Saturday afternoon. That I mean, that's its legacy to me. I mean, it's just background noise. It's the highest acclaim I can give it. And to me, it's kind of all the movie deserves. It's dumb. It's not particularly memorable. And the effects are passable for 1997. All right. Yeah. Now we have oh. Dante's Peak. Oh, is that the second movie? Yeah, that's. Oh man, this movie I, I really Joe like. The volcano. I'm screwed. I, I I like this movie. It's got so much charm and it's just so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, I I think my wife might be the first Dante's Peak mark. Yeah, I, I really like this. Yeah, movie. Yeah, you, you do really dig this. Film. Anytime that it's on, that I I will watch it. So as a contrast to Volcano, which you know very much. Does everything it can to make sure the stakes don't go too high. This movie starts off pretty seriously. This movie ratchets up. Well, I, I think and I it's... was I was really caught by the opening sequence with them driving away from the eruption, and it's Pierce Brosnan and his girlfriend, correct? Yeah. And they're racing away, you know, as things are you know hitting the fan, lava. There's comets flying out. We're stuck in another devastating volcano. Yeah, yeah, and basically as, as they make their way out, as these Desperately driving his truck to get away, uh, his girlfriend is struck in the head by a, a falling, flaming piece of, of lava or rock, and it instantly kills her. Yeah. And Pierce Brosnan plays it so well. Like, he's driving, and he just stops to grab her. He's like, oh, God. Ah! <laughs> so, as badly as I did that, imagine what a professional <laughs> actor would do with that. And he does such a great job, like... Just because you usually cut away from like screams of like agony and remorse and stuff like that because it can be just like I did. You know, it can be over the top and, and Pierce Brosnan just kind of nails it like it's no big fucking deal. Yeah. It's really well done. But he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He's underrated. Yeah, this movie has good actors. Yeah. Linda Hamilton, are you freaking kidding me? Linda Hamilton is, is better than Anne Heche. Yes. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. Many, many ways. Many, many ways. <laughs> she killed the Terminator. She saved mankind. Yeah, Anne Heche didn't she's... do that. The toughest thing Anne Hayes did was date Ellen. You're right? Yeah. God, that must have been awful. 
Yeah, I know. What oh, God, Ellen, uh, public opinion turned around on her. So welcome back to our Fuck Ellen podcast. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Ellen. We're, We're here to okay. talk about Dante's Peak. Okay. And we do, we do love this this beginning sequence with uh, Pierce Brosnan and his girlfriend in the volcano. It kind of just jams you into the danger of a volcano and how it would be yeah. in uh, in real life. And then we go we go to meet Linda Hamilton as the mayor of a small town called Dante's Peak. She is the <laughs> She also runs the coffee house. I like that as well. Yeah, she's 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 a working woman. So this is a, a better movie about a community and a disaster, correct? Yes. You know, because that's sort of thing about trying small to tell community. a movie about LA. LA is a very big community. Yeah. Lots of different people. You know, when you're in a small town like Dante's Peak. You know, you have a better opportunity to talk about how it affects uh, the mindset of the town more so than anything else. So I think that's a little bit more interesting in this movie. And I think being with the mayor, uh, who's also just a regular working stiff in the town, I think really adds to that element of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get the backdrop of the town and then we get a scene where two teenagers are in some hot springs and they're trying to get in and... uh Get a little nookie inside of hot springs. How, how would you put that again? Get a little nookie. Get a little nookie. Nookie nookie. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Or Durst wants some money now. <laughs> yeah, right. They end up getting... Boiled. Boiled to death. Yeah, cooked. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's it's a pretty it's nice gruesome. sequence. Yeah, because it just goes like... Like, does it feel warm? And then all of a sudden, like, the water's instantly boiling, and they're just desperately trying to get out of it, and they get burnt to death. And it's, uh, we do the, the, eventually we, we do see the aftermath and like, so we didn't get that in volcano. So it's something I appreciate here. I, I think it's a, a slow escalation of how things are done into the film because there is, I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say the pacing is done well. It just, keeps, yeah. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't it go too far. Cause I think that's the problem is once you see lava in volcano, like, all right, lava's here. Yeah. We got to move. And, you know, that happens at like the 20 minute mark, 25 minutes. And so you can't really go up from there. So you don't have anything else except the lava. You know, this movie, at least in the way it's structured, is you see the effects of the volcano waking up. Yeah. Then you begin to see some of the effects of it right before it's about to explode. And then you actually have the explosion later in the movie. So you're always building towards an event that's going to come. That's your natural finale. Something that aids this movie out immensely. What do you think about the cast? Well, I mean, we, we've sort of gone into it. I, I think Pierce Brosnan's underrated. I, I've always liked his work in the 90s. As a matter of fact, probably the thing I like him the least in from that era is the two is some of the James Bond movies, with the exception of GoldenEye, because I think after GoldenEye, they kind of stink. Yeah. So that is one thing that I think holds him back a little bit, is he kind of had to always really struggle with that element. And that sucks, but it is what it is. I, I will say that I do very much enjoy Linda Hamilton's output. I think she's always been an incredibly talented character actress uh, with a lot of charisma and an every woman sort of quality that I like. Yeah. That she can portray and then sort of throw away when she has to carry the weight of the world on her shoulders or something like Terminator. She's a very versatile actress and incredibly underrated, in my opinion. I, honestly, I just wish she'd gotten more work during her time. Yeah, you, you couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, she, she's, she's really good here, and she's really able to convey strength and vulnerability in this part as someone who... Like, as a mother is concerned for her kids, you know, but she's still able to zing her mother-in-law with, you know, little things like, if you'd have just come down, we would have avoided all of this, which is true. You know, they would have. Um, but, you know, but she's able to 
give just a, a little bit more to what might have been a paper-thin character with a different actress. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton's character. I forget their character names. I'm so bad about that. I need, I need to be better about getting the cast names. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, their their characters go together to try to find uh, the kids, and they find the kids, and then they decide they're going to go to the hot springs where those two boiled ki- teens are. Yeah. But they don't know that there's two boiled teens until the kids actually discover it. Yeah, they, they didn't know. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she wasn't like, hey, you want to see two, two, <laughs> you see two dead kids? <laughs> What a day. <laughs> and what Pierce day. was like, yeah, you know what I do? I was thinking about that earlier. Like, I wish I could see some corpses. <laughs> That's not how it went. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. By the way, uh, his name is Harry Dalton in the movie. Oh, Harry Dalton. Yeah, and hers is uh, uh, Rachel Wando. Okay. So there you go. You know the character names now. We will never use those names again. Rachel and Danny. So... <laughs> <laughs> Steve and Annie go up to check on Dante and his peak. So she asks him if he wants to see a couple of dead kids. And so they head up to that water and he saves her son from almost yeah, he in does. the boiling water. Because uh, the water is now like hundreds of degrees and it's highly acidic. So he, there's also dead animals all around the entire mountain, correct? Yeah. Everywhere. Just lying dead. And so he's saying, like, hey, listen, there's there's gas releasing, sulfur, it's destroying the wildlife. We've got to do something. And his superior isn't an unrealistic asshole about it. Oh, my God. But his... he is a bureaucrat about it, right? Yeah, his boss is totally annoying. Um, he, he just kind of comes in, steps on everybody's toes, and then and then just is constantly undermining him. Which you, you the guy, the character says it himself, how much of a value... Uh, Harry Dalton is yeah to the team, but he doesn't respect him enough to like listen to what he's trying to freaking say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, I don't hate that character either. His boss, I do, because I mean he does have a point. He just can't go in there and say like, "Dear God, Dante's peak's going to explode." Because there's a lot of times when they just don't have all the facts in. But we we saw Harry Dalton in the beginning with a volcano, so he's clearly uh, he clearly knows what fucking volcano happens. Yeah, but what, what but, goes but on. hindsight is twenty twenty. He can't destroy that town and its economy just because that guy's got a hunch. He's not wrong either. You know that's important. Did it cost people their lives? Yeah, it cost him his life. And that's what I think is sort of okay in his story as well. Is that he ends up? He's like, I'm not he's, leaving. Yeah, he leave. dies. Yeah, and it, it gets him killed. And like I said, he wasn't being a, like an unrepentant, like overly evil asshole about it. He was just like, listen, there's more to consider than just your hunch. Like, we've got to be damn sure if we say this, because if we do this, this town is dead. They can't ever recover from a volcano might burn your home, right? That's kind right. of going to destroy your property value. So that that's something that, that does have to be weighed. So I guess now that I'm older, I don't look at him so so badly as I really did. If anything, I, I almost kind of admired him a bit near the end as he was like, no, I'm not going to leave till you leave Harry and it gets him killed. So like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Weirdly enough. Well, after you get this, this whole scene of, you know, Pierce Brosnan trying to convince his boss that he's, he needs to do more. You have the movie slows down slightly to have some great cinematography. 
What do you think about the cinematography of this movie? So this is the one thing where this movie has it over Volcano in spades is that like where they shot this, the way everything looks like when they're in that volcano, yeah, they're getting those samples and there's a, a, a pretty decent sequence where a worker falls and breaks his leg and they have to get him out after a small earthquake. That's really fantastic. Like the way the gas is coming up and like the, the, the helicopter shots around the mountain I mean, the movie looks fantastic. It really does. And by the way, we this is my copy that I've had since probably 2004, an old DVD, and it still looked really good. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Like, just the, the way the mountain looks and everything like that, how serene and beautiful it is, and to watch it turn as the movie goes on is, you know, all these things that look so beautiful have now come this, you know, this ash-covered nightmare. It's uh, it, it's really a beautiful thing they were able to take advantage of with their setting. And boy, do, do they really do it. The movie looks mm-hmm. great. It really yeah. Does. I thought the cinematography was beautiful. <clears throat> it was done well. Yeah, you're not wrong about that at all. What do you think about the chemistry between Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton? It's there. It's yeah. there, all right. You know, we, we, we were going to chastise the previous film because if there had been a love story and there wasn't, this movie does have one, but we're going to praise it because it kind of works. Yeah. I, they get along nicely. The movie takes time for them to talk to each other, for them to learn about each other. You know, like he puts her in a weird situation by immediately calling for the town to be evacuated. It comes down on her with political heat, but she knows where he's coming from. Yeah. You know, he knows, she knows he's not some weird guy out there trying for glory. He's just trying to keep people safe, you know, and that's what she cares about as well. But, you know, she has to concede because there are other factors at work as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like that. They they grow together through some conflict. And, you know, like, I mean, they're just about to bone when everything goes down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's she has to get her daughter some water. She gets cock-blocked by her kid, which is a thing that happens. And she gets the poison water or the, the polluted water to come out, and it kicks the entire second act into high gear. Yeah. And, and it really does. But, I mean, their chemistry works. And, I mean, it's enough to... Well, I never question why Pierce Brosnan's going with with her or anything like that at all. You know, like he's she's ride or die for her kids, and, and Pierce is like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm her, pardon me, Harry Dalton is all in on that as well, and it's just who he is. So yeah. I, mean, I don't doubt it in any way, shape, or form, like I do in other movies. It's it's fairly well done. It's it's a better love story than episode two. So this last bit uh, of the vol- you get with the volcano and and you know the rocks falling on the guy and then getting out of there with the other, with the helicopter. Yeah. That's pretty much the last time it, the movie really slows down at all. Cause now we get the volcano erupting and the town starts to crumble. Yeah. That, that's what's nice. You, you do get that scene of tension and then you get one moment to breathe beforehand mm-hmm. where everyone's like, Hey man, it was one fluke accident. Nothing else happened. We got to go. And then once they have one little warning sign that, that he was right, it immediately hits the fan. Everything. Yeah. And it just gets worse. Worse and worse and worse. I think um, that's when we, we start to see a body count build up because this decision not to evacuate the town is an utter disaster, correct? Yeah, they evacuate too late. So you get to see a bunch of cars falling, like overpasses crumbling and cars falling into like nothingness. And Yeah, kind of the carnage that was toothless and almost missing from Volcano is here in spades. I yeah. Mean, you see a lot of people uh, dying, get washed away. And, and not necessarily implied either in a lot of shots, you know, people just either engulfed by, by flames or a lot of people are washed away by, you know, the water that comes down as well. I, like, I like that sequence in the river 
Yeah. Where he has the snorkel in his engine. He's trying to get away. The bridge comes down. People collapse on that. That's another interesting and harrowing sequence. I mean, that's, I mean, all pretty well done, to be honest. You know, this movie is far more serious, but it is able to pull it off. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, you have Linda Hamilton's kids took the truck to get grandma because she wouldn't come off the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Their their grandmother, uh, Linda Hamilton's uh, mother-in-law, very stubborn woman. You know, she doesn't want to come down. She's willing to burn with her home without understanding the the danger of it. And, you know, that that's something that's that's a realistic thing. People would, would choose to be like, no, it's not going to be that bad. I've ridden a bunch of stuff out before. I'm just going to stay with my home. You know, um, you know, your parents almost got themselves killed in that hurricane a few years ago. Yeah. Very similar logic. Yeah. They, yeah. they stayed in the house and they're lucky their house didn't collapse on them. Thank God. Yeah. The, the, the noises they said that house made from the wind hitting it were intense. So, I mean, it could have come down and it's a very similar situation. You know, people like that can downplay anything. And it can cause them to get killed. But in this situation, it's worse. Could it cause her grandkids to drive up the mountain to try to go save her? And they get to her, thankfully. But the, sadly, uh, the road's impassable, as we find out when um, her mother and, and Harry try to go and, ca- and go and rescue them. The road becomes impassable behind them when trees fall. They have to work their way out. And it, it gives us probably, um, in my opinion, the movie's most memorable scene. And that is their escape and the, the, the lake of acid. Yeah. yeah. Ruth's refusing to leave was inspired by true events. A man named Harry R. Truman refused to come off the mountain during the Mount St. Helens eruption in 1980. Yeah. I've seen, they never found him. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that at all. So, I mean, that's just the way people are like, even, even in the face of absolute, you know, certainty they'll, they'll say, no, it's not going to happen. I believe. And you know, it, it'll end up getting them killed. Sadly. It's raining ash. Lava is coming off the mountain. How do you feel about the stakes of the movie? Oh, I just love how they continue to go up and they, you know, out of the frying pan and into the fire, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's that every sequence. Cause I guess we're going to talk about it, like that. The lava comes from them, force them out of the house. They have to run, get on the boat and immediately jump in. They have the, more stakes. Yeah. They immediately. They're in a lake full oh, of acid. acid. It's great. Cause they look around the fish are dead and it occurs to Pierce Brosnan. It's, it's so quiet on the lake. You can just hear the propeller going until it dies, and he brings it up, and the acid ate through the propeller. Yeah, and it's, you know they're just dead in the water, and you know, like he's wrap his he wraps his hand in his jacket, and he's struggling to try to push the boat. He can see the shore, but they're not close enough to get there. And it's a great sequence where the grandmother jumps out and pushes them to shore while the acid just burns through her legs. Mm-hmm. You know, it mortally wounds her. And I mean, it, it's in a really well done sequence the way it's laid out. The way it's set up previously, the way we're given visual elements to show us how dangerous the water is, the slowly rising level of it. You know, I mean, it might seem like simple stuff, but the way it's all done perfectly and also the way it thematically ties up things with the grandmother and her storyline with her grandkids and her and uh, her her, her daughter. She saves their lives after yeah. they yeah. they could have lost theirs. She selfishly her. thought about her own home. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the ways that she's stuck in as opposed to her, her family almost got them killed and was able to make amends for that and able to make amends with her, with her daughter-in-law, um, which is also a nice thing to see. You know, it, it, it works out pretty well. You know, the movie mostly avoids cheese except for that one sequence where they save the dog. Yeah. But you always got to save a dog in the nineties. You couldn't get away with a, a disaster movie that doesn't have a sequence where you save a dog. It's just how it works. Sorry guys. Do you think the volcano is a character in this movie? 
Yeah, well, this is a man versus nature story, so definitely, like, you yeah. know, like the world's talking about it, like it's just building up. She's just clearing her throat, you know, like there's lines like that mm-hmm. in the movie, and, and that certainly leads to it being a character. Like, it just continues to get more intense and intense and builds up until it finally just, you know, literally explodes all over our characters and almost kills them. And, and even then, you know, once we have that moment, they still have to survive a little bit more. Yeah. You know, this volcano is definitely a character in this movie. Okay. And then you f- you have your closing sequences here. Uh, they escape into a mine after a black plastic cloud destroys a town all around them. They go back into town to get this device called the Elf. And it's supposed to help lo- help people locate them. So Pierce Brosnan's character, Harry, was thinking ahead in this instance, he wanted to bring this thing with him in case they got stuck somewhere, which they did. They got stuck in a mine, which is smart. You want to be in a mine when all that crap's happening because... Yeah, it's the only place you could ever possibly survive. You know, and and we were set up with the the elf earlier in the movie showing what it does and what it could be used for. So it's more good screenwriting. Uh, Real simple things like that, you know, make you feel like when you watch a movie, you pay attention, you're rewarded for paying attention. Yeah. Like that. So it's another thing that makes this a higher quality film than, than Volcano. And because of their actions into the, going into the mine, they live. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's pretty well done. Like, I like the claustrophobia of him almost crushed by the car, his hope almost extinguished, but then he hears beep, beep, mm-hmm. beep. He's like, okay, well, I got a shot. <laughs> it's a small one, but at least I got a shot. Yeah. And, you know, and it gets him out of there. And I, th- I think that's really well done. You know, the, the happy ending put on it is sort of how it would go in the media, right? Yeah. You know, if you were able to pull, like, a, a family alive out of that kind of disaster, you know, you'd definitely be able to put like at least one little happy exclamation point on a big tragic story like that. Yeah. And and that's sort of the way the movie is, is done. Like it, it has a pretty realistic tone for a movie like this, to be honest, a disaster flick. And, you know, I know with a lot of people who wanted, you know, the big bombastic over the top kind of movie, like they didn't care for it because the movie does slow down to, to do this dramatic bit. But for me, it worked. I know for you, you're the biggest mark in the world for it. It <laughs> definitely did work. Yeah. I, you know, I, I always, I've always preferred this one uh, definitely over, over Volcano, hands down. And, you know, even now. It's just a lot of fun. It's a good disaster movie. Yeah. In a genre, disaster movies just aren't very good in general. But you can take some love out of them, and it, it, especially if there's some lightheartedness to them. And there is definitely in this movie... And uh, it's it's just got a lot of charm in spades. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the, the, the character work it takes time to do to slow down for that Volcano jettisons is something that is to this movie's benefit uh, 100%. You know, because you care about what's happening with these characters when everything comes down, when the lava and the ash are raining down. You know, even character work in the sub-characters, like the... One of my favorite little stories is the helicopter pilot who extorts them for more money. Yeah. And the guy's hurt. He's trying to get people out of the town at like $5,000 a head, and he gets ash in his engine and goes down while the character you were just deriding earlier is like begging him, no, don't fly. You'll never make it. You'll never make it. And he eventually ends up crashing. Like little things like that, like that pays off into something. Mm-hmm. Like those are the work that you, that's the work you see in a good screenplay and it helps. It certainly helped with me. You know, I, I enjoyed this movie more than probably I have in a solid 10 years because the first time I've sat down to actually really watch it and not just kind of catch it on Sci-Fi Channel on a, you know, on a lazy Saturday or a Wednesday when I'm home sick for some reason. 
Final thoughts on this movie. Uh, all the crater scenes. So all the cinematography was shot on Mount St. Helens. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, I love the look of it. Just, I mean, watch the movie for that alone. The other thing is, is most of this movie was done with practical special effects. I think the only time you really catch any CG is the lava coming through the grandmother's house, really. Yeah. And even that doesn't look too bad. Even even now, it looks perfectly fine for the era. All right. So do you have anything else you want to say about Dante's Beak? No, I, I think we've kind of covered it all, to, to be perfectly honest. So. All right. Let's go through reviews. All right. Let's do it. Dante's Peak got a 4.1, a user review, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was really low. Yeah, no, the, the, a lot of people really don't care for the movie. You're in a bit of a minority here. I, I guess I am. Yeah. Volcano got a 4.1 user review, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.5 on IMDb, and Dante's Peak got a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, okay. So, for some reason, Volcano has a higher Rotten Tomato score, which I don't get. But they both have the same user review, so I just, Volcano is such an inferior movie. I yeah, just but don't I, understand I, I, it. I think people really enjoy that aspect of it, that it is cheesy. I think people like that more. Maybe. Listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you what, what I believe it is, because I felt this way in 97 as I do now. All right, so here is uh, a one-star review from Dante's Peak. Near a picturesque little town in the American West, an inactive volcano decides to become hyperactive. And as you would expect for a disaster movie, chaos ensues. The film's first half equates viewers with the two main characters, played by Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. We also get introduced to the town and get a tour of its main attraction, the photogenic mountain that is about to wake up. The second half is the chaos. For people who like action films, Dante's Peak is a fairly good choice. The visuals, the sound, and the special effects are reasonably engaging. There's lots of exciting drama, and the film's second half is fast-paced. But if you are looking for a credible story, go elsewhere. The formulaic screenplay is bland and unimaginative and is full of cinematic cliches. Of course, that is the problem with most films in the disaster genre. The stories and plot elements are basically the same, just different disaster. Tornado, burning skyscraper, sinking ship, earthquake, or volcano... I would say Dante's Peak is a film disaster, but its screenplay is so cookie-cutter as to be a virtual clone of every disaster film that has been has gone before it. All right. That's pretty apt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I can really argue with too much that guy might have to say, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I identify with it. I get it, so. Do you have anything that you would want to say? With I think you know that I do. <laughs> Mr. Ebert was alive and kicking in the 90s and tearing blockbusters apart. And trust me, he made no exemption with Volcano. Um, so, um, yeah, he read Volcano and he gave it one and a half star. To kind of let you know already where we're at. Not starting out so strong. Roger Ebert says, I expect to see a mountainous volcano in Volcano, towering high over Los Angeles. But the movie takes place at ground level. It's about how lava boils out of the La Brea Tar Pits and threatens a stretch of Wilshire Boulevard and then takes a shortcut through the city sewer system. The ads say the coast is toast, but maybe they should say the volcano is Drano. This is, <laughs> this is a surprisingly cheesy disaster epic. It said that Volcano costs a lot more than Dante's Peak, a competing volcano we released two months earlier. That's right, just two months between these movies, guys. But it doesn't look it. Dante's Peak had better special effects, a more entertaining story, and a real mountain. Volcano is an absolutely standard assembly line undertaking. 
No wonder one of the extras is reading a paperback titled Screenwriting Made Easy. I even pointed that out to you at the time. Yeah. Uh, the movie stars Tommy Lee Jones, professional as always, even in this flimsy story, as the chief of a city's office of emergency management. He races through the obligatory opening scenes of all disaster movies, everyday life, ominous warnings, alarms sounded by hero scientists, warnings poo-pooed by official muckety-mucks, etc., Soon, manhole covers are blowing sky-high, subway trains are being engulfed by fireballs, and lava bombs are flying through the air and setting miniatures on fire. The lava keeps sawing for much of the movie, never looking convincing. I loved it when the firemen aimed their hoses way off-screen into the middle of the lava flow, instead of maybe aiming them at the leading edge of the lava, which they couldn't do because the lava was a visual effect and not really there. I also chortle at the way the scientist warns that the first eruption is not the last, and yet after the second eruption, which it is time for the movie, which it is in time for the movie to end, the sun comes out, everyone smiles, and she offers Jones and his daughter a lift home. Hey, what about the possibility of a third eruption? What about that story she told about the Mexican farmer who found a mountain in his cornfield? This movie has one perfect line: the city is finally paying for its arrogance. Yes. And Volcano is a part of its price. So yeah, he was not a big fan of the movie. Most critics weren't at all of Volcano. I mean, Volcano was pretty critically derided at the time. Users' reviews weren't so good on this movie either. Yeah. Here's the one-star review for this one. Hadn't seen this in a long while and remember having a good laugh, then put but little else on what the heck, and it didn't take long for the chuckles to hit again. So lava isn't really that hot or toxic. You can walk and breathe right next to it. People, helicopters, and all manner of vehicles are immune to the effects of volcanic ash. Thousands and thousands of tons of lava somehow obeys traffic laws and only travels in one direction during down one street and can be stopped by a few K-rails and water. Electricity and mobile networks still work after earthquakes and lava flows. Army and rescue personnel always carry enough explosives and pneumatic equipment to bring a 20-story building down. Perfectly at that. Yeah, like I said, this was always my big complaint about the movie, too. The poster shows a volcano, and you don't get yeah. a volcano in L.A. They cheap their way out of it, despite the bigger budget than Dante's Inferno. And I, I, maybe that, to me, has, has stuck with me for all these years, and I've never forgiven Volcano for it, and I, I've always disliked it more than, than Dante's Peak. But you know what? I, I think Dante's Peak's a pretty nice movie. Mm-hmm. And Volcano is just watchable background entertainment. Yeah. And that's but it. At least you know how these two movies shaked out. Basically, in 1997, um, I prefer Dante's Peak. I'm guessing by user reviews, uh, people preferred Volcano. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. I think they enjoy that cheesy fun. So it is what it is. Sometimes people, sometimes you disagree with the public consensus, and that's why we're here to tell you that. I know you might watch these movies and think we're crazy. And if you really do think we're crazy, there's a simple way to let us know that, and that's Carrier Pigeon. But if you want to do something a little more modern, you can email us at grittyrebootcast at gmail.com. Did you know that got to us? Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that works too. We can also go with um, Gritty Reboot and t- on TikTok and Instagram. That's a good way to get a hold of us as well if you want to let us know something. Give yeah. us any feedback. We always like to hear it. Please review us in iTunes and uh, in, in Spotify, preferably five stars, four stars, whatever, dude. And like and subscribe. <laughs> we we really need those subscribers, so come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, please. We, we, we're trying to make big bucks here, guys. <laughs> still recording off a TV tray, for God's sakes. You got to help us out. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out. See you next time. All right, bye.